When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Trish. And this is the Don't Give a 50 podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold, as you say. I like that. I like that one too. That was mine. (laughs) That was mine. Hi, 50 Ishers. It's Mel and Trish. Welcome to this week's episode of Don't Give a 50, a podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and just don't give a 50 like us. You've got the biggest <laughs> smile on your face, Trish. Well, I'm very excited. I know. But also, you just made a noise on the couch, and I thought, oh. I wonder if they'll think she did a little <laughs> let fluffy up the chain. Shout out and huge thanks to lovely Jennifer Foster, who sent us a message. She said, love the episode with just the two of you. It was like just hanging and chatting with friends. Thank you both. So thank you so much, Jennifer. That's exactly what we were trying to do with last week's episode, just to feel connected, to connect everybody into the group. We love the idea of just hanging and chatting with friends. Yeah, like you, you feel like you're just having a good conversation with friends. And then when you've listened, you've have that feeling that you do when you've been chatting with your friends. Exactly. So we feel like we're on the right track with that. Yeah. Thanks to you, well, Jennifer. I hope so. Yeah, exactly. So if you have a friend or two or 50 out there who you think might like to join our tribe, please share our podcast with them. That's a bit shameless, isn't it, Trish? <laughs> well, you know how much we love a good rating and review. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you would like to rate and review, please jump on and do that for us. Yeah, um, so throw some love our way, ladies. Yeah. Throw some love our way. Yeah, we're loving it so far. And speaking of love, Trish. Big love. Big love. Gorgeous 50 issues. We love your guts. We do love your guts. (laughs) We don't hate your guts. No, I love your guts. I love your guts too. But do you love your guts? Yeah, well, I have a gut. (laughs) Quite a lot of us do have guts. I'm talking about (laughs) inside. Inside the gut. Not outside. And the other question is, 
is your gut loving you? Mm, probably not. Probably not. So excited. I suspect it doesn't. <laughs> well, Based my... on the conversation you were just having with Kirsty, who was our amazing guest today. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. She's the brainchild and founder of Cultured Wellness, which is a company whose mission is to inspire and educate people to take control of their health and eating real and fermented foods that nourish the brain and the gut. I like that. Brain and gut. It's very closely linked as mm. you're about to find out. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying before we hit record that I don't know anything about gut health or very little. So Kirsty's going to be educating me big time, big time this morning. So I'm looking forward to that. She's the creator of Cultured Wellness Culture Starters, Functional Supplements, <laughs> Gut Healing Programs, and is the co-author of Gutalicious. Her research and work in the area of gut health have been life-changing for many, and she continues to empower the community to gain knowledge and understanding so they can be well and thrive, which is such a great word, isn't it? Because I think a lot of us aren't thriving at the moment, and we need to. We deserve to thrive. We absolutely do. Mm, mm. But we can get in our own way. Yeah, exactly. And we were talking about that too, Mm. getting in our own way. Talk about it some more. We will. We can get through this. (laughs) (laughs) We can get through the introduction. She is a mother of two gorgeous kids and a fervent advocate for children on the spectrum. And if that isn't enough, she's also a huge nature lover, rock climbing, trekking, bike riding adventure woman. You should have come on our Beechworth to bike bike trip with us, Kirsty. She wouldn't have needed an e-bike, let me tell you. Rumoured to have the best first aid kit on the circuit, although we did have two nurses with us, one of whom was a nurse practitioner. They didn't have a first aid kit. so <laughs> I don't think they did. No. Her spirit radiates and her enthusiasm is infectious. We are so excited and 50 and honoured to be chatting in studio with absolute rock star of the wellness world, the gorgeous gut guru, Kirsty Worth. Welcome. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello. That was a minefield. Wow. <laughs> I wondered who you were actually talking about for a while there. <laughs> I was like, is that me? Are they still introducing me? Well, you're me? my gut you? guru. I've, I've got a little bit of, you know, what do you call it when you're close to someone you admire so much? Uh, classic. Uh, starstruck. Starstruck. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Trisha starstruck. Oh. Anyway, that was cool. And I need to know more about this, Kirsty. So I'm looking forward to this because I do understand about the connection to your gut and your overall health. But I don't really understand it. So I know it exists, but I don't understand it. So really happy to be talking to you today. Yeah. So I guess a lot of people have got on that gut health wagon, upping their intake of fermented veggies, probiotics, kombucha, kefir yogurts, etc., to tick that taking care of myself or being healthy box. And I'm certain there are sceptics out there who may be a little cynical and think it's just the latest superfood or health fad along similar lines of paleo, keto, 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 <laughs> keto <laughs> low carb and fat free. You've just created a new eating. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I should paint it because you know yes. what? There's a lot of money in the wilderness world for different things. Right, I'm just writing that down, Trish. Okay. Keto. Keto. I don't know what it would be, but anyway, we'll get there. Before we deep dive into the nitty gritty of all things gut health, Kirsty, would you share your story on how you became a gut health expert? Oh, God. How you became my gut guru. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably my story. Uh, yeah. Oh, what a long story. You know, it's like anyone in this space. You go through your own journey, you go through your own issues. And then when you pop out the other side, and I'm fortunate that I popped out the other side, it's um, you can't help but shout from the rooftops. 
And you see people that are struggling and you think, if only you knew that it was your gut or if only you knew about this information, your life would be transformed. So it, it has come from my journey. And, and there's two separate stories to that because there's my journey and my health and there's also my son's journey and his health. So I'll break it down a little bit because... I think from what my mum says, I was great until I was two. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of mothers may also feel that way about a lot of children. Yeah, and then I got a virus and then I became quite sick. And so um, I screamed from about the age of two. So I screamed and in that, you know, generation, I was just put in my room, smacked and told that I was oh, a naughty. Girl. Yeah, so and then this sort of whole journey of feeling really well and being enthused with life and loving my sports and then crashing down really hard. So there was big ups and there was big downs. And it accumulated to when I was 13, I was actually hospitalised with viral encephalitis. And then once again, just no answers, no explanations. My dear mum, like, you know, there was no Google, right? So, no. you know, there was no support groups. And the doctors literally saying, look, you know, she's had this big brain mishap, but look, it's probably your parenting. Oh, and yeah. it's probably that, you know, she's really naughty. And see, and back, you know, the doctors didn't have any idea No either. idea. No idea. And that was accepted to talk to a parent like that. And it was accepted that it was the child's fault. And this, you know, this kind of rhetoric around being unwell. And then, you know, I just progressed through. When I had encephalitis and I was hospitalised, I I uh, lost the ability to read and write and I couldn't really walk. And so I had to gain all those skills back again. And wow. then I put on lots of weight and then I had all the bullying issues and I had all of this real disconnect of what my mind and my body wanted to do. And, you know, I wanted to play netball for Australia and I wanted to do all of these amazing things, but then my body would let me down so terribly, whether it be chronic diarrhoea or whether it be that those real viral symptoms of just couldn't get up off the couch. But, you know, then I kind of found my way and found my world in the outdoor sports and being out in nature. And I fell in love with being in nature. And really that held me up for all of those years where everything just got really bad. And so I had this history of this really undiagnosed issue with regards to chronic gut health, chronic brain issues and inflammation, and then this whole body viral issues, inflammation in my body. So that did that present as just getting sick on and off all the time, different viruses? So, that yeah. type of so inflammation in my body, so this constant like, you know, feeling heavy, putting on weight, feeling fatigued, and then um, the diarrhoea, like the actual overt symptoms of just being mm -hmm. on the toilet all the time. And, and then also just the cognitive side of things. So the brain fog and I can't do maths and I can't do this and I'm bad at school and everyone mm -hmm. hates me and a lot of mental health sort of stuff that I look at it now and, you know, like you always read about like just give, give your younger self the kindness and <laughs> yeah. give yeah. your younger self a hug and I'm like give my younger self some fermented foods, <laughs> for goodness sakes. It's like yeah. only and get me off the gluten. Like, yes. you know, there was all those things that is, is, I really find now quite fascinating. But so, you know, like better, I just knew no better. And I just sort of picked myself up every day and just got on with it. 
And so I did get on with it and lots of things happened and I went through and I was able to um, really excel in academia. I was able to excel in a lot of parts of my life. And then it wasn't until my son, until Noah was born and he was about 18 months old that, you know, this I'll put up with it. Uh, you know, the chronic diarrhoea 18 times a day and heavily, you know, medicating myself on pain medication, never sleeping, constantly in pain. It all just came to like a really big crescendo because Noah was sick. And so when your children are sick, you suddenly just turn into this, you know, massive lioness and it's like, so, I'll do anything. So sorry, you were sick at the same time. So Is that I what you was mean? just sick my whole life. Yeah. yeah. But and then oh, and then Noah. So what happened with Noah was he, mm. you know, was born. He was this beautiful child. There was some complications with his birth. But when we went to Fiji, when he was 13 months old on a surf trip, he got Giardia. Yep. So if anyone's had Giardia, it's not My pretty. husband has. Oh, it's not pretty. <laughs> not pretty at all. Mm. And so we both had it at the same time. And so, what, so you know, in comes the antibiotics, in comes mm. the neurofen. And then at um, 15 months, he contracted it again when we were on a rock climbing trip. And so then he broke his arm. Then he started having UTIs. Then he started having ear infections. And, of course, us knowing no better, antibiotics mm -hmm. after antibiotics, mm. pain medication, neurofen, and then he started bleeding from his bowel in his stool yeah. and then he stopped sleeping, he started screaming, he turned off his food. And then by about the age of about two, he'd completely regressed to stop speaking he was just staring at a wall, rocking back and forth. He wouldn't acknowledge us. He wouldn't make eye contact. And those beautiful words of, you know, mum. And mm. and I always tell this story because it's so poignant. So, so coming from a sporting background, you know, I you know when you have your kids, you have these visions yeah. of the kind mm. of mum that you're going to be. And I was a PE teacher at the time. And so my vision was, of course, Noah was going to play like elite level of sport, like, you know, my brother did and like I did. And and that was my life. And I was stoked with the driving him around to every, oh, yeah. you know, like it's yeah. all going to be amazing and awesome. And, oh, my gosh, I'm just going to have to give up my career to, drive, you know, go around the world <laughs> because he's going to be yeah. so good, you know. Yeah. Don't tell anyone that, but that's no. what you're thinking yeah, inside. Yeah, absolutely. And when he was about 11 or 12 months, we were at, where we go um, for the summer, we were at this beach and this lady actually came up to me and he was kicking the soccer ball and said, well, haven't you got a champion there? And, of course, I was like, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> you know, and I, I will always Are you remember, a scout? Are yeah, you a scout? I know. <laughs> He's a bit young for signing <laughs> contracts. But I, I will always remember that because I just only had one trajectory in my mind of what our life would be. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward to three and a half years sitting in the office of the whole clinical team looking at me and saying, he's severely autistic, he will never speak again, he will never function, he'll live with you for the rest of your life or he'll be put into a home. Don't expect him to reach any milestones. Your life will never be what you thought it would be. And so... What happened in between that time and how much he regressed and how much our life changed in that moment in time was just devastating, absolutely mm -hmm. devastating. 
and you fall down in the mire of that and you feel horrible and um, the worst thing about that was, the absolute worst thing was then they pulled my husband Mark and I aside and said, look, 80% of marriages with kids this bad end up in divorce. So we highly recommend you get counselling as well. So in the space of a day, I've been told my child is basically non-functional and my marriage is going to end. Yeah. And, you know, and it was just horrific. And of course, my whole body then went into a spiral of stress. Mm. You know, my husband and I had no ability to communicate with each other in heightened situations like that, of course. And then Noah was just a nightmare and couldn't sleep, couldn't function. And so I'm so glad that I'm really stubborn and I'm so glad that I have, you know, been through PhD training and I come from academia and my brain has developed because of my injuries and my illness in a specific way that I look at the world in a really unique way. And so I looked at it as a problem that needed to be fixed and I chose the pathway of I want to know more and I'm not going to accept this. And so I'm so grateful in that moment that I chose that pathway and I probably chose it because the other option was too scary. Yeah. And I just wanted to keep moving. Yeah, for you know, sure. And just keep on the run Be and proactive. keep moving. Do something. Yeah, because otherwise you, like, if you stop, wall. Yes. I don't want to know. That's too scary. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. so then I just wanted to find out answers. Like why was... He, this most incredible child that was, of course, going to play elite sport, and now he won't even look at me yeah. and won't even, you know, um, won't even communicate with me. That, that mother's yeah. need to nurture and yeah. the connection with the baby is so yeah, strong. Yeah, hugely. And so he had chronic yellow diarrhoea where I'd literally have to put him in the bath with no nappy on so it could just all flush out. And and then my husband, who's um, a nurse, a registered nurse, said to me at the time, you know what, Kirst, like we have people come into our gastro ward and we would section them for this kind of, you know, diarrhoea. There's more to this. What is what is what section, section them mean? mean? Oh, they're infectious. Highly okay. infectious. Okay. Got yeah. You, yeah. And so when we'd go and see the paediatrician, I'd get, well, you're just a new mum. It's toddler diarrhoea. <sighs> just, you know, it'll it'll be okay. It will get better. And we just weren't happy with that. And so we moved forward in trying to find answers. And so I would ring specialists all around the world and professors and I'd say, yes, um, so I'm from Monash University. Oh, my gosh. Which I was. Well done. Which I was you because were. that's my, that was where I did my PhD and study. And I wouldn't just tell them what department <laughs> I was from. And I'm just, just trying to find out some research at this point in time and I'm just, just finding out and I would just gather and gather and gather information. And then I just started reading and thankfully I still had all of my logins to the university and so back then PubMed wasn't available for open access Mm -hmm. and so I was able to get research papers I was able to access um, you know information and I started reading about the fact that there's infections like Clostridium difficile that can actually impact brain function and when I looked at the symptoms of these infections with the chronic diarrhoea, the yellow diarrhoea, the complete, you know, non-function of the um, brain, then I thought, well, where do we send off 
his stool? How do we how mm. do we get these answers? Mm. So brick walls the whole way. Yeah. So no one in Australia, very hard to find someone to turn to. So eventually we found a lab over in the States and we sent my stool, his stool and my daughter's stool over there. And turns out that Noah had a very, very serious life-threatening infection called Clostridium difficile. Wow. So was he autistic or was he really sick? So what are we going to do here? Because if you feel so sick that you've got chronic diarrhoea, you just want to curl up on the couch and die and watch Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't want to be a toddler. Plus he was and- so young, so he can't express... He's not no. an adult. He can't no. express how he's feeling and, and what he needs. And it's also taken and... his ability to communicate as well. So yeah. double yeah. whammy. Yeah. So we know now from the literature and from research that Clostridium difficile releases a toxin that leaks into the brain and attaches to certain receptors in the brain that are responsible for language and responsible for socialisation and for growth and brain development. So dear Noah had all of these blocks going on. And so we found an answer. So, Kirstie, at that point it must have been actually really great. You must have been feeling great in the sense that you had some answers. Yes, yeah. So rather than so pushing through the brick walls, that there was actually an explanation for for Noah yeah and his yeah. condition yeah and what was he, he was experiencing yeah and it's like when you go bushwalking and there's no path ahead of you you just like where where do we go yeah. how do we do this and as soon as you come around a corner and see a path you're like well at least we're going somewhere yes oh, at absolutely least we've got a path you're moving to go. forward yeah yeah and of course the paths went everywhere and <laughs> you know there was there was no kind of direct way forward but we un- we were able to find some direction. And so from that, you know, this whole world opened up to me. So hang on a minute. Are you telling me that what's going on in your gut can alter not only how you learn and develop and grow, but your personality and how you feel? And then I was like, is my gut okay? Mm. What's happening with my brain? Is this responsible for how I feel? Given your history. Yes. And then you know, we sort of moved into this understanding of what's this fermented foods? What foods inflame a gut? What doesn't? And then I started to kind of understand more and more and more and read more. And then it became very clear to me that in the research, if you have Clostridia difficile, there is a treatment option called an FMT, which is a faecal microbial transplant. And very few people had that transplant in the world at that point in time. And there was no way they were going to treat a child. So Noah was about four and a half, five at this age. So back on the train again of I'm from Monash or I, you know, like so and contacting people and trying to find answers. And I found this most amazing lady in Canada who was building a robo gut. Wow. And she built this gut, right, where she would add a food in one end and then work out what came out the other end. Oh. And, like, I mean, people are cool, right, yeah. what they can do. And then she put me in touch with someone in Italy and then he put me in touch with someone in Canada and then we found Dr Louis. And Dr Louis said, if you can be here in a month, we can do a transplant for the kids. And so in that short space of time, we'd run a fundraiser. We had no money. We were a young mm. family. We'd run a fundraiser. My husband quit his job. You know, we just decided let's just go for it. And so we flew to Canada in Calgary, minus 25 degrees. 
you know, my husband's from, you know, the Gold Coast and he's like, <laughs> what? You know, do you even drive on these roads? Yes. And, you know, and we turned up and we went, you know, and we were part of this research study that was looking at Clostridium difficile and autism and Clostridium difficile and brain function. It was groundbreaking and life-changing and the way that the transplant was administered was really, really groundbreaking as well. And we were able to have these transplants and the transplants went every single day for five days. And after the first transplant, Noah started looking at us. And then the next day he started speaking. And I will never choke, like it's very hard for me to talk about it because I just lose it. But Mm -hmm. I will just remember I always spoke to Noah. I would always talk Mm. to him. And I remember waking up on one of those mornings of the transplants and saying like, Noah, how do you feel today? I was like, I feel well, mummy. I was like, mm-hmm. what? Like, you can talk. Were you just a and bit like, did I just dream? Yeah. Like, am I hoping for this so much that yeah, I just imagine that? Exactly. Is this the real thing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so from that moment on, he just got better and better and better. And, you know, we had so much to recover for him, his cognitive function, his his whole body, every, everything needed to be rebuilt. But we really got that understanding that, this is coming from his gut. It's not It's not a label. Mm. He's not autistic in the fact that that's all that there is and there's no hope and we had, you know, a chance to move forward. So, you know, my, the, my kids are the first really in the world to ever have that done. And, wow. And I, the benefits for me were just insane, absolutely insane. And so from there, I, you know, went on and actually did further study in this field and was qualified to actually work with people. And and I developed Cultured Wellness, my company, and the cultures that I developed because in my journey, I didn't have a hub and a home. I didn't have clinicians. I didn't have someone in my corner. I didn't have someone to help me. Mm. And I have a really unique skill set to be able to have gone and found those answers. And to bring all those areas together in one spot. Yeah, I mean, I had the white paper on my wall and this and that. and But people, like, that's not people's skill sets, you know. Mm -hmm. And so the whole point of culture wellness is to bring people to a space where people are advocated for and they have people to answer their questions and, you know, be able to know what the treatment plans are. And mm-hmm. and so, yeah, culture wellness is, it, I just, I never wanted a business, but it's the, biz, <laughs> it's the business I had to You have. know too much now. You I know, to share. I know, yeah. I can't just, you know, hide in a corner anymore. So. I have two questions yes. that came out of that. One is that, um, will Noah have this for the rest of his life? And the other one is, um, you mentioned that your daughter had the transplant as well. So why did she? yeah. Great questions. So we know about there's genetic implications for what happens to our bodies. Now we know that, and this is the cool space that's really happened over the last sort of 20 years, that our body is mostly a microbial community. So we're mostly made up of bacteria, fungi and viruses. And our genes play a very small part. So we've been conditioned, we've been told that it's, oh, you've got diabetes, it's just your genes. And we know that's, yes, an element, but it's only about 30%. The rest of what actually impacts our body is our microbial community all over our body. And so 
changing that microbial community makes a huge difference, but they still have to speak to your genetics. So our family has implications in our genes that we're going to be susceptible to gut issues. My great-grandfather had bowel cancer, my nana had bowel cancer, my mum has you know, gut problems, I've got gut problems, aunties, uncles, the full works. So we know mm-hmm. that. But we know that we can switch off those issues with it, with that understanding of ensuring that our diet and our environment and our lifestyle is switching on the right genes and making sure that we're okay. So yes, there will be this underlying thing with our family that we're always going to be susceptible. Yep. But if we keep working really, yep. you know, joyfully on our diet and our environment and our lifestyle, then it's not going to, you know, go back into that space. Yeah. 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 Impact him yeah. to the extent that you it were was. first told. Yes. <laughs> and that yeah. it was. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. But, you know, like he didn't speak until he was five mm. and he did. his brain didn't develop uh, appropriately. Mm. Now, I'm stoked with that because I basically live with Mr Bean every day <laughs> and so it's like it's hilarious. Every episode is a Mr Bean episode. Oh, darling. I know, and Noah sees the world in, in a light that I'm jealous of. And oh, yeah. so it's become yeah. his superpower. Yeah. Having having his brain develop in this way. Yep. So we have got to the point now of seeing the joy in it and seeing the light of it and what it's taught us. So we've moved through that. But um yeah, we we manage it. We yes. it, it's not a miraculous oh we're better now. No. Because mm. we know that we've got to work at it. Yep. The second thing is and I I want to couch this in a really Um, understanding way in that when children are born and they go down through their mother's birth canal, they inherit the microbial community of their mum. So my kids had a really bad start, (laughs) a really bad start. I'm just thinking I I wouldn't have done mine any great mini service. Yeah, and that's why we Mm. need to couch it in a certain way because, you know, I work with mums all day long and the guilt and the grief, just as a mum anyway, (laughs) right, is bad Mm. enough, let alone knowing did I hand on something to my children? And so, yes, Maya inherited from me going down that birth canal through breastfeeding, all sorts of interactions that we have. She inherited significant gut bacterial overgrowths and she inherited certain um, overgrowths that we also needed to correct for Maya. So Maya didn't have the perfect storm that Noah did which with, you know, all the stuff that happened for him. Mm -hmm. And by the time she was born, uh, we understood the implications of antibiotics and pain medication and, we you know, we understood fermented foods and how important diet and lifestyle is. So, but she still had quite a a few significant issues that happened. So we wanted her to start off on the right foot and, you know, have a a microbial community that would set her up for life. So, So we've got Canadian guts. I love it. Yes. Can and I no, just... we don't love maple syrup and pancakes. We get that ours, ours all the time. So when people have trans yes. heart plan, transplants and they yeah. have the memories yeah. and the cravings oh, of the yeah, other people. Yeah, yeah. Can I just take you back a couple of steps? I am absolutely fascinated about the fecal microbial I knew I knew you'd be fascinated oh, with that. Trish. I'm fascinated I with poo. Yes. Because I know. when I did one of your cleanses and was doing the... Um, yes. Yes, the whatever that was that animals. you were doing. Yeah, the coffee animals. Yeah. Mel was like, well, you do what? <laughs> don't, don't knock it till you've tried it. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Game changer. <laughs> and, and, you know, I just i am fascinated and intrigued as to what actually happens. Yes. Like, you yeah. know, 
who is the donor? How do you choose a donor? Mm. Are there people like? Do you have to tell them? Like, is it a match? You know, is it like to, you know where you normally what, have, do they to have, have to have a match? eat, and how yeah. do they get it inside? Yeah, yeah. Is, there, is there an app for that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you probably. I mean, only if you're happy to share. Like, no, this is probably no, very personal, fine. but I just no. think that no, is, yeah. it is really intriguing. It's yeah, a, it is. It's a person that realised that that was a thing. Yes, yeah, that is I know. And and brilliant people. And let's bring it back to to like nature again, right? So, and I, it's important to talk about this because my dear papa, I was so nervous to tell like my 90-something-year-old papa that we were flying across the other side of the world <laughs> to get some, to put someone else's poo in our bodies, right? And I'm like, okay, how are we going to roll with this at the oh dinner table? Oh, my gosh, you yes. know? Especially that generation. That generation. Like, our generation would go, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Their generation would go, you are absolutely yeah. effing you've mad. Just, you've just got to harden up and yeah. deal with it. Yeah, but yeah. you know what my papa said? Oh, we do that with the cows all the time. Off you go. Oh, oh really? Oh, okay. And, like, and well, of course, the elephants do it when they're born. Well, this makes sense, doesn't it? Oh, what do the elephants do? What do, do? the elephants yeah. do? And I'd say, of course, then I went back to Google. Oh, yeah. What do the like, elephants yeah. <laughs> So when a smart puppy you yes, have. Clearly yes. that's where you get your mind of intrigue. I, I hope so because I he's amazing. So, yeah, when elephants are born, the newborns eat their mum's stall. Ah. And so, and do they? Dogs do, do that. Dogs do it dogs too. Dogs do it. I've seen. Yeah. And of course, I go, oh, get away. That's disgusting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh. And, yeah. and also, when <clears throat> cows are sick, the farmers would get the poo of the mums, and it doesn't have to be mums, it's just poo, and would sort of slather it all over the cow's face ah. and add microbial community back in. So, of course, you know, the elephants don't understand the, you know, meta-analysis of why this it's happens. It's just and their innate yeah, knowledge. Yeah, exactly, and Papa just did that because that's what the farmers did. But I was like, what a response. Mm. Wow. Isn't this interesting? This is really fascinating. And once again, so, the old ways, the yeah, basic ways yeah, are the best. Yeah. We forget them. Yeah. So off off we went, you know, knowing, oh, well, if it's Papa approved, we should wow, be okay. yeah, we've got the stamp yeah, of approval. Yeah. So, yes, I was very particular that the donor that was chosen for us was gluten-free, was preservative-free, was eating a whole foods diet. I was very particular. Obviously, we screened the donor to make sure that they had a diverse microbial community. Yes. That they didn't have Clostridium difficile and all these other infections and parasites and so forth. Did they have to be so, gluten-free um, like for a certain amount yeah, of time? Yeah, yeah, Like for did. years before? No, about or? six months. Okay. About six months, mm-hmm. yeah. And obviously we looked at their markers for inflammation within their gut microbiome and, and just, you know, symptom-wise and so how they feel. So were these people, were they part Part of the university the research. community or the research? Or yeah, so they mm. were part of a donor bank, which okay. was part of the community. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. Mm. Do you know how hard it is to find healthy poo? Oh, I, I can imagine. only yeah. imagine. Yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. It's really difficult. Yeah. And when we came back to Australia, we needed to do top-up um, for quite a long time afterwards. And we would screen people and it's like, Wow. No one mm. has a robust gut. Yeah. Wow. No one has a robust gut. And that was the other thing that um, was really fascinating for me when you sort of, when I'd be out on a run and I'd sit there and go, so no one's got a great gut. Everyone's starting to have mental health issues. We've got this going on. We've got all these issues all the going on. All diseases on the rise. Exactly. Chronic issues, diabetes, kids with 
that many learning difficulties. And allergies. And, and allergies. And I can't find a decent gut. Mm-hmm. Isn't this fascinating? So I, you know, I found that really interesting. But yeah, so when we went over there and I actually said, I don't want to meet our donor because that poor person, I'm going to look them up and down and I'm going to like, you know, oh, I, I don't like actually, their second tooth. Oh, like, you know. Second yeah. thoughts. Thank you very much. But I think we'll decline your poo. I know. <laughs> so I, I was like, I just, I, you know, I've seen, I've seen on paper this person with regards to their results and everything, and that was enough for me. So, yes, we screen. And when you have a a transplant, and I need to be clear on this because I've done enough podcasts to know what the questions come back with afterwards. So, listeners, can I just say, don't try this at home by yourself. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And also not many people need to go to this level. Yeah. So a lot of people listen to me talk about the FMT and think, there it is. There's mm, that that's what I've pill. got to do. That's the magic pill. That's the magic bullet. And no, you don't. Yeah. So yeah. Um, this is this is a unique circumstance. So it's important to, you know, to frame that. But you don't cut things out and you don't have your, you know, your gut removed. There's no organs that are removed, thank goodness. But what happens is you basically annihilate every microorganism that's living in your gut through really hardcore antibiotics. Okay. So we went on a series of antibiotics and medications leading up to it. Yeah. And then we had the transplant. So a big clean out. Yeah. I'm now visualising or imagining, you know, when you have an endoscopy and then you have to take that awful drink. Yes. The colonoscopy. Colonoscopy. Endoscopy. Yeah. I've had both. Yes. (laughs) Got it. Just, just. Bottom up, top down. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, our digestive system starts in our mouth, yes, and ends at the other end, and so we want to know what's going on literally in our mouth. So, yeah, so we um, were fortunate that this research study was from the top down and the bottom up, and mm. so it, that's why it was so life changing and groundbreaking. So, yes, my kids didn't have to go through having bits of their body removed and all of that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, really, really fascinating. Fascinating. But I'm just, how do they get it inside? Yeah. Is it one of those things where (laughs) you're put to sleep? Like when you have a colonoscopy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to sleep until I know how it goes inside. Yeah, yeah. Is it like that? I'm getting to know your humour. So the next word I'm going to use, you are just going to love this and Mm. be ready for it. Crapsules. Oh my God, that is the absolute <laughs> best. <laughs> crapsules. So we did. Yes, you, you go I had to, to take crapsules. Oh I my know. God. Stop. I'm going to have to just go and have a moment. Have a moment. Yeah. yeah. The best You're gonna, yeah. Um, you've created a problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where do I get my crapsules from? Yeah. Yeah. So that's called. Are you going to fermented- be selling crapsules anytime soon? <laughs> no. That's called fermented foods. Yeah. Um, right. No, but so we did the top down, which is the crapsules. So yes. my dear boy. Let's give him some respect. He swallowed 200 capsules oh, per day wow. in one sitting. So um, For a little kid, yeah, that is yeah, so he amazing. Was five. Yeah, bribery and corruption. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Absolute. Like, do the, what you have to do at that point. We came home with a lot of Lego in our suitcase. Yeah. And, um, You're not and, the first parent. Uh, no, yeah. I won't believe the last. But, and then also, yes, you have to go to sleep and you actually have the um, other uh, transplant actually implanted into the bowel. And then we also did a series of enemas as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were amazing because they actually worked really closely with my husband to ensure that my husband could actually, as a nurse, could deliver some of the procedure to keep my kids feeling safe. 
So okay. it, it was so yeah, good. it was great. Yeah. So Noah just you know felt yeah. like Dad was just up to his nursy stuff, and it was yeah. fine. And and they're they're yeah. so resilient children yeah. You know, yeah. with that sort of thing at yeah. that age, and yeah. you know, especially with Dad being there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so okay, yes. So All right, are you satisfied? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trish, I'm, you're feeling I'm very happy with the crapules. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might be. This is going back to a basic question because this is, I guess, now broadening our topic and our discussion, I mean, out um, wider. Um, what are some of the signs and symptoms that you may have poor gut health? Yes, such a great question because we only associate poor gut health with extreme chronic diarrhoea yep. or the bloating or constipation. Yep. That's about it. Yep. That's what mm. we, or pain in the tummy. Exactly. That's what we think is gut mm. health. Mm. But no. Okay. If you've got headaches, if you've got mental health issues, if your mood is low, if you've got sleep issues, if you're covered in rashes, if you're swollen, inflamed, if your knee is hurting, if you've got arthritis, all of those symptoms and the cravings as well is a big one. All of those symptoms direct us to gut health. Okay. So it's not just an isolated, mm-hmm. associated pain. Okay. So if mm. you suspect you do then, because that's that's quite a lot. Yeah. I certainly said yes to a few of those things, like yeah. arthritis. I don't have chronic arthritis, you yeah. know, very, very mild, like in my knees, et cetera. What do you do then? So I have this incredible motto, which is test, don't guess. Because what we've got at the moment, which I didn't have at the the start of my journey, but I certainly have now, is we've got Google. And so everyone will diagnose themselves with something or they'll... Good old Dr. Yeah, no, no, I don't. I'm a, I'm a staunch some non-believer. Things, some and things can never be unseen, let me tell you. <laughs> Especially when you're discussing parasite cleansers, right? <laughs> parasite cleansers, absolutely. Yeah. So, so um, Prolapses is another I, one. Oh, oh, stop. <laughs> Trish, stop it. <laughs> Get you a spatula. <laughs> I'll take a prolapse spatula and a couple of cap crap tools. Crap Thanks. <laughs> I can't wait to come to your shop. <laughs> our house is full of fun, I tell you, the stuff that's in our house. So test don't guess. So what I see a lot of people doing is like, oh, I've got this symptom, so I'll take, you know, these antacids or I've got this symptom, so I'll go to the um, health food store and I'll get a parasite cleanse capsules or so forth. Hmm. You don't actually know what you're doing. And you could actually make, yeah, and you could be making matters worse for your gut and for your health. So, you know, getting a microbial, I mean, we use microbial labs or we use naturopath labs and actually get an answer Mm -hmm. for what's going on is absolutely game changing for your direction moving forward and for where you direct your financial resources. I have had people come and work with me and they've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. This specialist, that specialist, this tablet, that supplement, this program. And if only at that very start they had tested what was going on, they would have a clear direction where to go and be done with it. So, Kirsty, they need to come to somebody like you. So you have the kits? Like how do people get the kits to to do the Yeah, this is the other cool thing. We work with a lab that you can get the test directly to your door yeah. You do it yourself, and mm. we've gone past the big barrel, you know, big massive <laughs> collect, yeah. collection of no, stools. And because I've done it, and it's amazing, isn't it's, it? Yeah, it's really fascinating, and you know. Not, I guess that I'm trying to remember when I did the when you turn 50 and you get the stool. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, the, the, bre- the, the I was about yeah. to say the breast screen, the yeah, bowel the, screen. The bowel yeah. screen. I got one the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Turned up yesterday. 
<laughs> the synchronicity of life, Mel. <laughs> We've talked about that too, haven't we? Yeah, so it is as simple as there's a little brush, you just scrape a bit of poo on and off you go and you send it directly back to the lab. So you don't need to go and see a doctor. You don't have to. And for rural communities it's, it's amazing to be able to have access to that treatment and to that knowledge. And so you get your test done, you find out what's going on, and then you can carve out an appropriate treatment plan. Because mm. I guess so many people with the pace of modern life and being busy, I guess feeling tired, run down, mm. fatigued, brain fog, you think, well, yeah. you know, I think we where being busy is strive for it for a badge of honour. Yeah. yeah. Or if we're yeah. not busy, we do people think we're lazy? So yeah. Yeah. it's this life that's making us full on. And then when we're feeling tired, is that because we're busy or could we be living this life and doing yeah. it better? We're taking shortcuts if our maybe. Yeah. That was better. Yeah. Our society is completely geared up for our gut health to fail. Yeah. Yeah. And so we do need to make big steps forward to make sure that we're working on changing that status quo. And you're exactly mm. right. There's all these badges of honour and mm. what, you know, we're supposed to be doing and what we're supposed to be eating. And Women are so fatigued and they've got so much brain fog and so much anger and so much fear and anxiety and they're just putting it down to their lifestyle and their husbands. (laughs) Sorry, Gordo, I'm only kidding. It's just a gag. (laughs) But no. Um, But um, we should expect more for ourselves Mm. and and I really don't like this, oh, well, I'm 50 now or I've got young kids or I've, you know, my, oh, I've still got baby brain and my kids are 20. Yes. Like, no. 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 Our guest that we interviewed last week, she said something that has really resonated with me and I've heard it before but it just was the right time for me. Yeah, good. And that was the past does not equal the future. Mm. It's just so Mm. The past is not my future. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah. So, Kirsty, so you you send off your stool sample and you get your results, and then you were talking about that's when you move forward with a plan. Mm. Who does that? And I want to ask about the fermented because, of course, I have like I would have major anxiety about drinking fermented beetroot juice. So I can tell you right <laughs> don't, now, don't knock it. Put a bit of ginger in it. Oh, because it, it makes me gag. You don't I'd have gag. to have oh. beetroot. There's can you things. have? Okay, yeah. thank God. Because I'm thinking I couldn't do it. I've got a lovely I would little be pineapple and orange and ginger number fermenting at the moment. Oh, that I can do. No, I can do all that, but beetroot, no. So, but anyway. Just taste like a cocktail. (laughs) Then it's a cocktail. (laughs) So getting off the beetroot. So what happens then? So about the plan. Yeah, yeah. So how do people put a gut health plan in place? Yes. So, I mean, you know, I developed plans at Cultured Wellness because there wasn't for a long time any literature or any understanding about what you do. But the plan moving forward is you basically take out the inflammatory foods. Everyone knows what they are. Yeah. They're not Oh, silly. okay. So this is and standard. You know, so it's yeah. not it's not individualised. Oh, in yes, sense. it is. It is individualised. De- yeah. so, so Because I'll... some things that I can eat, Trish could not eat. Is that right? Yeah. And some things that Trish could eat... I couldn't eat. So what we want to do? No, what we want to do first is get you back to a baseline. So when we work with our clients, our baseline is for everybody Mm -hmm. because it's taken out everything. Now this is also your lifestyle, and it's also what you drink, it's what you put on your body, it's how you live, and also what you eat. And so we take those things out to kind of get a level playing field Mm -hmm. of where are we at here? What's your baseline? 
And then moving forward from the test results, we can see, okay, you've actually got parasites. So we need to take some medicinal herbs for that and do a cleanse. And then we slowly but surely build up that new microbial community, add those foods back in that are creating the diversity. But we've created a new way forward in how you eat, move, behave, live and see the world that then nourishes your gut microbiome. So, but, so the treatment plan becomes individualised. Right. But the starting yes, point... Yes, is the baseline. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting if you ask someone like, okay, honestly, what's your arch nemesis? What do you know you need to take out? What, have you, what are your patterns? Okay. Most people... And are, you can see that in yeah. the results. Oh, yeah, I can, <laughs> I can see the champagne on Saturday. So, Mel, when I got my... <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yes. Yeah, damn um, when you get your results, like I couldn't read mine, it was sheets and sheets and sheets, but it was all the different bacterias and whatnot and the percentages of them in your gut. And, Kirsty, I've heard you explain it before, like your gut being a house. Could you use oh, that analogy yeah, for Mel? Yeah. I love that one. Yeah, so you've got a you've got a house and it's, you know, a six-bedroom six house and ideally, you know, it's a house full of housemates and ideally you want amazing housemates in there and one is, you know, doing the dishwasher, the other one cleans the bathroom, the other one keeps like everyone buoyant in the house and they're like the go-to for a good laugh and then you've got everyone in that house doing their job and it's this beautiful unison and everyone comes together and it's equal in each bedroom, what's going on. And that's what you want in your gut. You want diversity and you want everyone doing their job for you so you can function really well. What we see in most people's gut microbiome is some rooms in that house are completely black, so they don't have anyone doing the dishwasher. Some other rooms are completely black, and so you don't have the person that's the cheerleader that makes you feel awesome and gives you the serotonin. And then you've got other rooms that are completely full with the housemate that you hate that doesn't do anything and they're annoying and they cause problems and they're toxic in the house. And then over in the front bedroom is this one little dear housemate going, come on, guys, we can do this. Come on. Can we just, you know, and so and so you can have this situation that you've got this really imbalanced house mm. that's creating toxins and that's creating all of these problems and there's no one there doing the job for you. And yep. that's, that's what's going on within our gut microbiome. Okay. So from that test, they can see what you need more of, what you need less of. Who's living in what room? Yeah. yeah. And, and do we like them or do they need to be evicted? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's drinking yeah. champagne? Yes, yes, exactly. Um, we talk a lot about perimenopause, menopause, the change in hormones mm. midlife women experience and the many different symptoms of that. It affects energy, sleep, brain function, weight gain, the list goes on. A lot of those symptoms you've already mentioned. Do you think our gut plays a part in how we experience those symptoms? Like clearly they're hormonal, mm-hmm. but is the I'm trying. I was trying to go to attempt to say fecal no ferocity, ferocity, uh, yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah, is the intensity of how we experience them differed yeah. by our gut? I'm so glad you asked me that question because I... I'm so glad you said that uh, because Mel's got so many that's a good question today. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, nailed it. It took a while to get out but I nailed it. Oh, 
<laughs> oh, not competitive. No, no, no. I'm not then, competitive. I just need a little bit of, you know, yeah, yeah. validation, a bit of backup. A bit of validation. Yeah. yeah, my housemate doesn't have enough I love of that. It. I the... love it when you get compliments. Don't get me wrong. Classic. I just You're like, don't Bill. mind a couple myself. <laughs> Absolutely, it's Trish. Like, Bill, can you cut that bit and then please just put it in every start? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Barry. 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 <laughs> Classic, classic. Yeah, so, I mean, what a great question because this is, once again, this normalisation of, oh, I'm going through menopause, so yes, I'm sweaty, yes, I'm this, yes, I'm that, and just an expectation that that's what happens and it absolutely shouldn't be. So I've done a whole lecture series on this because within our gut microbiome we have a subset of our gut microbiome called the astrobilome. And the astrobilome is responsible for how our body modulates and detoxifies our hormones. So if your astrobilome isn't strong and diverse and full of amazing microbial community, you can't detoxify those hormones that are going absolutely AWOL when you're going through perimenopause or menopause. So we know that when we go through menopause, it's kind of like reverse puberty. And so it is like life's bittersweet, horrible joke, right, that a child's going through um, puberty as mum's <laughs> going through reverse puberty. Yeah. Exactly. Like, who wants to Great live timing. I know, Thanks. Who wants to live in a house like that? And so when you're going through reverse puberty, you still have to think about it the same as if you're going through puberty. The fluctuations of your hormones on a daily basis are crazy. Suddenly one day you've got too much estrogen and then too little and your progesterone's all over the place. You're not making enough DHEA or testosterone. And so if your gut is not working for you, not only can you not make your hormones, so buoyant, you know, progesterone, which is nature's antidepressant, Mm -hmm. but if your gut's not working within that astrobilome, those microbes can't bind to the excess estrogen and then clear them out and detoxify them through our stool. So along with menopausal symptoms is constipation or, you know, diarrhoea, or along with that is the bloating and all of those sorts of gut symptoms. But if you're not eating enough fibre and not eating enough fermented foods and providing the environment for your bacteria to excrete those hormones, they recirculate back around in your body, (laughs) causing those symptoms. And so, yes, when people come to us and, like, I'm going through menopause, I'm like, that's nice. What's going on with your gut? What's happening with your astrobilome? And we look at this marker called beta-glucuronidase and that will... Say that one, Trish. I dare you. Have a go at that one. Have a a go at that one, Trish. (laughs) Not even going. That's a ripper. So many of these words. I'm just thinking there was no chance. No, I had no chance. guru. No chance. I could have said crapules and that's it. (laughs) Me too. That's yeah. a ripper. Yeah. yeah, but if, you know, if that's off the scales and we know you are going to feel horrible, mm. so let's manage that and let's look at that rather than putting you on some medication or just saying, oh, well, this is what's going to happen for the next five years, so just suck it up and get on with it. So you would know. you expect then that if you had a client or a patient um, that um, was on your gut health program, had been on your program for some time before they became perimenopausal, would you expect her symptoms to be far less than someone that wasn't? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why do they need? To, why does there need to be symptoms? Why can't we just gracefully go through it? 
So I think there's also this expectation that we have symptoms mm-hmm. going through perimenopause. And because so many people's vary. Yeah. Right? Like if everyone was going to get... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And we should expect that we don't have symptoms, but we need to make sure that we're understanding what our body needs at that point in time. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, this kind of like waiting for the fire alarm to go off as opposed to putting the right, you know, foundation in place so you just cruise on through. Cruise on through. Yeah. So we have touched that a lot of people are aware of gut health. They're including fermented foods, kombucha, kefir, yogurt. I guess just increasing these foods willy-nilly isn't enough, is it? Because you're getting different cultures, but you need specific ones. Is is that still helping a little? Oh, absolutely. And the, the beauty about fermented foods is it supports cravings and it supports you to make better choices next time you eat. And so if someone can reach for a coconut yogurt, for example, after dinner in the evening, a bowl of coconut yogurt versus the block of Cadbury's chocolate, you're only going to feel better mm-hmm. and it's only going to set you up the next day for better choices again mm-hmm. and for a better night's sleep. So it makes a huge difference just starting with fermented foods. Now, not all fermented foods are awesome and I, I'm really, really stoked to see this kind of absolute explosion in them. I mean, they're in the supermarket. Oh, and yeah. the service station. Oh, my gosh. Like yeah. I, you know, like I started talking about fermented foods sort of 12 years ago mm. and, you know. Oh, my children were horrified when I used to make kombucha with the big <laughs> yeah, scoby the things sco- yeah. and it explained that they're actually alive. Yeah. They're like, Mum, that is just yeah. disgusting. I know. You are disgusting. Yeah. And they, you know, it, so it's wonderful. Someone told me the other day that they're talking about prebiotics and probiotics on the back of a Sultana brand packet, for goodness oh, sake. Wow. So yeah. I just think this is wonderful. Like I'm not the crazy person anymore. Yeah. But anything that's fashionable is commercialised and anything that's commercialised is not it's always dangerous. the best option. Mm-hmm. And so we still have to be really mindful about what are we purchasing reading the labels, understanding the fermented foods that we're eating and um, and being really, you know, knowledgeable about that and upskilled. Now, you don't need to do, you know, a science degree, but um, understanding and getting support, you know, through culture wellness community and through what we do just to make good choices. Because going to the servo and getting a kombucha and downing 375 mils of a kombucha can completely cause a nightmare in your gut microbiome. So there's cultural norms See, now. People might be thinking, oh, I'm doing such yeah. a good job, I'm having that instead of soft drink. Yeah. So it's a yeast. Yeah. So then you get the yeast overgrown. So that's the thing I had heard that when people make their own kombucha and stuff like that, everyone thinks I'm doing such a good job, mm. but yeah. it's a wild ferment. Is that correct? So Which can be well, it's a, a bit it's, dodgy. It's wonderful and it's a wild ferment, but kombucha is only supposed to be had in 30 mil therapeutic medicinal oh, wow. doses. Yeah. Yeah. So you think So those vodka kombucha drinks you see at the bottle shop <laughs> are, aren't such a good idea. Are there? Yes. Oh, stop it. I haven't seen those. Oh, of course I've seen. Yes. Them. I may yes. have even tried a couple. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I may have even mixed my own little batch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thinking a little bit bad, yeah. a little bit good. Yeah. Balances out. Balances, yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, like it's it, we need to know like you would never go into a rainforest and just dump a whole heap of one type of plant into that rainforest and expect it to all work together in a biodiversity and a synergistic unison. And so why would we just throw down copious amounts of yeast 
and then wow. expect that your body is going to work at its full capacity. Mm. So ideally, as you said before, you do need a lot of support to sort of set yourself up on this gut health pathway, yeah. don't you? It's yeah. not something that you can just wing it no, and just jump on Google right. and I'll sort myself out here. This will be easy. So, yeah, yeah 50 yeah. issues. If you're, if you're looking to, you know, improve your gut health, you really, really do need a professional yeah. to help guide you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, mm. ladies, for those of you with daughters, nieces or friends who might even be considering having a child, I found it really fascinating the importance of getting that gut health right beforehand as you touched yeah. on earlier yeah. with your oh, children. <laughs> my my husband, the dear husband, I'm like, okay, can we just have another child? So with yeah. my, Can with, I have a redo? Yeah. With my awesome gut health now. <laughs> yes. And like can we just go at it again? Because I what would, does he say to that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not much. <laughs> but also, you know, just to give it a just to give it a go. The yeah. whole see, process. Yeah. And so what your experience would I be know. like and I look this, at my daughter now. So yeah. Maya's 12. And, you know. You she, might have to wait for her. Yeah. To breed. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. The poor, poor my poor daughter. I'm just going to live everything through her. Yeah. So, but, you know, I look at her and she's just started playing like rep netball. And she announced the other day at a netball carnival, she's going to play for Australia. Oh, bless. And she has no limits. Mm. No boundaries. And she had this netball carnival, played netball all day, woke up the next morning. Off she goes. Yeah. Because the nutrition was right and everything was right. Whereas my history, my mum's history, my nana's history, mm. like we've broken that generational pattern. Mm. And we've all and said so, that, oh, I had such a big day yesterday, I'm buggered. Yeah. But why? Yeah. You shouldn't be. Yeah. And so she... Um, it's because I was drinking vodka and butcher that I'd mix myself. Yeah. <laughs> It's just the yeast. Yeah. So, so for our children. Just a bit of yeast and vodka. Yeah. For our children, we can create this whole new generation. Oh, oh do you know what's going through my mind at the moment is the state my son woke in, woke up in after his rugby game. Oh, yeah. So like well, bashed yes. up big time, cork five. Oh, thinking, yeah, I don't know if any amount of gut health can help a rugby game. Oh, what can I do? What can oh, I do yeah. for him? Is anyway. Magnesium bath. bath. Oh, yes. Oh, ice bath. There was yeah. lots of ice. Yeah. There was lots yeah. of ice happening, ice that's bath. for sure. Yeah. Kirsty, I just touched on childbirth and you mentioned, you know, the amazing bacteria that, is in the birth canal. For those ladies who have caesareans, I've heard some really fascinating things about what can be done now to ensure that the baby gets oh, that. What a question. <laughs> Another one, Trish. Yes. Another great question. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. So there is this amazing procedure now for women that have caesareans and the women know, okay, I'd rather have a cesarean because modern day medicine is awesome. Or and I need to have it yeah. because that's my only option at this exactly. point. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's exactly we want mum and we want baby safe. Mm -hmm. So that's great. So we now know that um, we can seed. So the concept of seeding is basically the child still gets bathed in the mother's birth canal, but they just haven't passed on through. So they literally use a piece of gauze and they wipe out mum's birth canal and then they wipe that gauze all over the baby and up the baby's nose and in the baby's mouth and ears and every single crevasse that the baby's got to bathe that baby in the mother's bacteria. I do know of some mums that have had caesareans that know that their microbial community is not okay and they've bought in a donor. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. yeah. I would have bought in a donor. 
Yes. <laughs> had you known. Had I known. If, yeah, if, yeah, if I go again, that... I'll bring in a donut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think if I'll be I, going again. If I, I think I go, that shop's shut. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'll be the donor now. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready oh to go. Gosh, wow. I'm ready to go. Yeah. So, no, wonderful opportunities to understand that we, we need science, we need these procedures, but we can also go back to this incredible innate basic of what we know the body needs. Now, on a lighter note, single ladies, you may want to keep your ears open for this one. All the single ladies. (laughs) All the single ladies. Single ladies. Brilliant. (laughs) Let's talk about pheromones. I was doing some research for the podcast and came across to where you had mentioned that the state of our gut can actually attract or actually have an impact on the type of partner that we attract. Yes, big time. It it comes down to microbes and it comes down to behaviour. So we have certain microbes in our body that make us behave in a certain way. So behind the scenes at Culture Wellness, we'll say, oh, man, she's a real streppy. Or we'll say, oh. So not star signs. Yeah, it's all about that. It's not star oh signs. They're like, oh, wow, yeah, no, she's she's got candy. Oh, okay, she's got candida. And, oh, and, so funny. It's not yeah. like oh, Scorpio. Yeah, oh, nah, definite Capricorn. Yeah, nah, yeah. Streppy yeah, candida. Yeah. So when you've got strep, for example, and you've got it in your mouth, then you kiss someone or you're attracted to someone that also has the strep because microbial communities want to connect, right? Ah, and my they, gosh, it's powerful. I know, and they've got all of these ways that they communicate. And so then you are attracted to people that have the same microbes as you. So if you're out on a mission, all those single ladies, to, you know, find... Get someone hot and healthy. Yeah, because <laughs> you're, gonna be crea- you're going to be joining microbial forces to then procreate. And yes. so you want to be on fire with how your health feels to attract someone that's also got awesome microbial community. And so, so then you can have okay. baby microbes. I feel yeah. like we're, we're, we've gone into the woo-woo. Girls. No, no. Uh, no. <laughs> you are what you attract. That's what it bases down yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Classic. Now, this may sound overwhelming yeah. to so many people and I, for one, have already started on a bit of gut health journey and I know even the other week I was craving sugar and since then I have upped my fermented juices. Oh. And have noticed that I'm not craving the sugar as much. So little tweaks can make such a big difference. So I don't want people over there to be overwhelmed. What would you say to someone listening who thinks, gee, I might investigate going down that path, but it sounds like a lot of big words and a lot. Yeah, yeah. It does sound like a lot of big words, but that's because I get so excited about it. Oh, we but- were so impressed with your big words. <laughs> yeah. Never try and pronounce oh, them, but classic, very impressed with them. Classic. Um, so, but you can make those really small changes. And I think when people know, hang on a minute, that extra bag of chips or that chocolate or whatever I'm eating that actually does directly relate to my menopausal symptoms, then Mm. you can just make quick choices just from Mm. that. Yeah. And then you can, yeah, join community groups and get involved, like the culture wellness community group. Like that's my biggest sort of legacy that I want to leave is that there is a community where there's no question is silly. No. And you can Mm. ask for support and you know where to go and you can get the answers of like what's what's a better choice for me to have today for breakfast simple answers like that or you can get answers like am i a streppy or what's going on in my gut so you can engage on what level you need to at that point in time and what i love with my experience with community as well is so often when i have felt 
my weight has fluctuated. So mm. I then think it's that old mentality of I've got to cut it all out. Yeah. I've got yeah. to calorie control. I've got to exercise more. I've got to cut it all out. And as you get older, you don't have the energy, the time or the patience or anything like that. So finally I'm learning that you don't have to cut it out. You have to eat really good foods, you know, mm. have the butter, have this, have that. Yeah. And crowd it out. And crowd it out. With all awesome So I'm learning. Foods. But it's such a difficult, mm. that mindset. And um, we talked to the beautiful <laughs> yeah. Millie about eating disorders. And I think that a lot of that mindset mm. around food, especially for our midlife women who lived through that era of the 80s, oh, mm. it's, it's hard to get that mentality that I need to eat butter, I need to eat saturated fat, I need to actually nourish eat more and nourish my body mm. so I'm not craving yeah. the other stuff and yeah. it, it's that having the patience to do it mm. slowly and not kind yeah. of going okay I need to just yeah 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 and then I mean that's a whole episode in itself you yeah. know yeah. your brain if you restrict your calories and restrict your food your brain will tell you to eat more because it doesn't feel safe and that's why you put it all back and on. that's why you put it all back on and your microbes start talking to your brain to say we're starving, can you please do something about this? Mm. So I know I said that there wouldn't be many more questions, but one's just popped into my mind. We've heard a lot recently about the gut being the real brain. Mm. Yeah. You know, some people say it's the second brain, but do you feel like it's the real epicentre of what's yeah, going on? of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah, absolutely everything. It sends the most incredible signals for us to either shine or for us to really fall in a dark hole. So, you know, I often, when I, you know, give lectures and stuff, I always get people to put their hand up at the start and say, right now, with what you know at this point in time, before I've said anything, is your gut your friend or your foe? And then we go through the process of learning and understanding and put your hand up again, is your gut your friend or your foe? And it's so sad. Everyone says, Ends up. it's my foe. Like yeah. it's absolutely <laughs> causing me all these problems. Yeah. Like I actually don't have a best friend when it comes to mm. my body working properly. Yeah. And so like this. And <laughs> now we know this information. Yeah. How now cool we know. It? Knowledge so cool. is power. Yeah, we and we can make better yeah. choices, and better decisions. I have known it before, but it's good to be re reminded, reignited. <laughs> She's just given me a slap across the head. Love that. An air slap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it doesn't work like I've got a big gut, so therefore I've got a good, smart <laughs> gut. doesn't work like that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> big head, big brain, big belly. No, it doesn't work like yeah, that. No. No. Mm. Okay, excellent. Kirsty, it is time for our wrap-up question. Probably we've had well the most over wonderful time. I know, I know. <laughs> so know. much to learn. We've had the most wonderful time. Yeah, we do. You know, we've, we, well, I had everything to learn out of this session, so it's been amazing. But what we ask all our guests is that if you could go back in time, what would the Kirsty of now tell her 20-ish self? And you alluded to it earlier, yeah. what, you, what you would actually <laughs> Eat fermented foods. Besides yeah. eat fermented foods. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, you can say that. That's your thing. Oh, yeah, 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 that's yeah. your thing. That's your thing. Well, like, abs. well, I actually would say honour yourself enough to make the right choices to look after your body. Mm -hmm. So there's so much involved in why we don't honour ourselves and look after ourselves and eat well and do what we need to do for ourselves. So I think it would be respect and honour and nourish yourself enough 
to be able to make the right choices, but, you know, be your own advocate. And then, yeah, like make the choices, eat the fermented foods and make sure that you're looking after yourself. I think it's great that younger women have access to all this information now that we didn't have when we were younger. So, you know, they will benefit they will really benefit. They'll benefit from all yeah. your efforts with your yeah. children. Yeah. Amazing efforts. Yeah. I'm sorry yeah. you had to have to go down that path to help. But look at you those, now and look you at so your children. Much. So it's amazing. You know, and it's interesting because I was in the Boxing Day tsunami and that oh was. Well, yeah. yeah okay. That, that's another episode. <laughs> as well. I want to hear but, about wow. that as well. Yeah. But that set me up with resilience to get through what happened with Noah. Yeah. So, you know. Will it's, you come it, back it, and talk to us about that as well? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yes, it's extraordinary, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And it is on reflection yeah. you look at those things and yeah. you see them wow. as that's the stepping stones. Yeah, there's no yeah. way I would have mm. been able to do what I've done yes. without having to go through significant post-traumatic stress and significant yes. issues. Yes, yeah. Um, to, yeah. To build a bit of armour You're amazing. Mm. Gorgeous yeah. lady, yeah. you're amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. I, for one, am absolutely honoured yeah. to have had a chat with you and Thank I'm you. glad that, was... that you are walking this earth and teaching yeah, us. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Good chat, In my lifetime. Oh, yeah, Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. That's it from us today. Don't forget you can follow us on Instagram at dontgiver50 or email us at hello at dontgiver50.com.au. And remember our gorgeous 50 issues. life is for living, don't give a 50 because we're all 50 and awesome regardless of age and living and ageing and gut health is an absolute privilege and a Absolutely must do. Absolutely must do. Thanks, Kirsty. Thanks Thank for you. Peggy became my gut guru. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably my story. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.